Amen. My message for today is, uh, uh, but before I get into that, uh, which everything that I have here is my message. The foundation of the Ephesians church, amen, was laid by the apostle Paul. And this is where I'm coming from. I'm coming from the book of Ephesians. And Paul on his second, this, was, this happened on his second missionary journey, amen. He pastored this particular church for roughly three years. And uh, uh, Timothy pastored it for maybe about a year and a half. Amen. Paul, amen, in, at this particular time when he wrote Ephesians, he was in prison. And this was one of the uh, particular prison uh, messages that he had. This was one of four. The other three were uh, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Realizing as well that the Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament letters called the Pauline letters. Amen. All 13. Amen. And for some reason, Paul seemed like he uh, started out all of those particular epistles. Amen. The same way in, in, with a salutation. Maybe it was maybe about two or three verses of salutation. But they, they all centered around. Amen. The God. The Father of our Lord, grace and peace to you, the God of our Father Lord, and Lord Jesus Christ. And they all started out like that. But my thought of this particular uh, uh, passage was, and it's like in three sections, but I'm only going to do one. Because there's a lot of doctrine, a lot of theology in, that, in this one chapter of 13, the first chapter. Amen, that first chapter. So in the first two verses of the 13th, Paul did, did, did do this. He gave that salutation. Amen. But we're looking at verses 1, first chapter, 3 through 6 of Ephesians. Amen. Uh, after greeting his readers, amen, uh, he gave them an apostolic blessing of praise. Amen. When we call Paul an apostle, that means that he was a, a messenger, a, a sent one. Amen. You have apostles today. They feel that they have the same brevity of the apostles back then. But when we look at the scriptures, amen, we see that nobody in today's time, amen, qualifies in the brevity of a Paul, in the brevity of a Peter. We don't have that today. We don't have both in the churches today. Though you hear them say, I'm apostle this, I'm the prophet that. But it's going to be a terrible and a dreadful day. Amen. When they come into the judgment, God going to deal with that. Amen. You don't, you don't, you don't, and it's clear in the Bible that apostle have to have seen who? A risen savior. Nobody has seen a risen savior. Though, we find who? Doubting Thomas, when Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus appeared to the other disciples without him being there. Amen. He wasn't going to believe until he had seen the risen Savior. But he did show up, what, next week? And when he did show up, but bottom line to all of that, he said, blessed is the man who have not seen and yet believed. This is a problem for the apostles that call themselves apostles and prophets today. They have not seen the risen Savior. Amen. They have not. 
I love MacArthur. I love Wordsmith. I love McDonald. I love all these theologians that give me advice because I'm limited. Amen. But God has opened up my understanding to use them. Amen. To, to, to qualify what I got to say to you, my, my, you, my brethren today. Amen. My God just said it was God's providential care. Amen. Or providential grace as well. Because he already had given the believers, amen, total blessing. But I tell you what, before I go any further, let me read my text to you. Amen. Blessed be the God, verse 3. And Father, I'm looking in the New King James Version. That's what I use this time. I usually use the NASB. But he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Just as he chose us in him before what? The foundation of the world. That we should be what? Holy, without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise, amen, of the glory of his grace. By which he made us accepted in the beloved. I'm only doing four verses three to six amen i don't know when but uh hey amen might be a series on this but it's a whole lot of theology in this amen that i cannot do the whole thing and i would not do justice glossing over the rest of this these particular verses but they go all the way to 14. somebody said amen one writer said that uh this is one whole sentence of paul amen it wasn't supposed to have any type of punctuation and then he went into a, a detail of, of, in regards to how Paul was so exuberant in wanting to tell the Ephesians this particular passage. Amen. And, you know, it was circulated through all the other churches. Amen. But we find here that it ended up like this, it being preached or being shown in these particular, the whole book of Ephesians to the Ephesians. Amen. The Ephesians was located. Amen. They had a, a goddess by the name of uh, Artemis. Atenemus, something like that, a, a goddess of uh, fertility, I believe. I, you know, I didn't really get into that, but I think she was an idol god. Let me put it like that. Amen. However, he's saying uh, uh, God has already given us total blessings, and when we say total blessings, we look at Romans eight twenty-eight, and we know what that verse says: "All things work what together for the good of them." who love the Lord and, the, and are the called, the called according to his purpose, right? James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift, right, comes from above, down from the Father of lights, with whom we, there is no variation or what shadow of turning. Brother Jules, that was one of your good old verses that you used, and I loved it every time you brought it up. Amen. The words, has blessed. Has is a, is, a, is a past tense type of thing. He already done it. Amen. What Paul was trying to say here for us, for the church today, he said that church in eternity past is how this church supposed to manifest itself to look like that in the, the, uh, the church in eternity future. Amen. This is our stomping grounds to get it right just the way the God and he has given us a roadmap here in, the, in, in Ephesians 1, 13, or 1, 1, 1 through 14, amen, a roadmap of how we're supposed to live. Amen, as a church, how the church is supposed to be. 
Amen. We don't supposed to lose sight of that. We don't supposed to get beside ourselves in regards to how the church is supposed to be. And this is how we're supposed to manifest that to who? A sin and lost, cursed world. Amen. So the words has blessed here in verse 3 indicates God's bestowal, amen, of these blessings to us, meaning the church, notably the church. But it was already an accomplished fact. Amen. It wasn't, oh, wait, maybe this thing is going to happen. Didn't really happen. No. In eternity past, this is how it was. He said, before, before you even created anything, the universe, the foundation of the world, all this happened. Think about it. Before you was even a thought in your mother's womb, God chose you if you're a Christian. Amen. In eternity past. And I want to stop right there and give a little testimony. Amen. I'm a Vietnam vet. And I, you know, I, I, I gave a lot of Vietnam stories in my preaching. But I don't know if I gave this one because I'm, I'm getting old and can't remember. Nonetheless, amen. It was a trap. I was infantry. We was out there looking for the enemy to kill. And the enemy was looking for us to kill. And we had to set up traps in our perimeter every night. Because that's, that's when they came in at night. Under, under, under the stealth of darkness. And so we had to set up our traps in the dust dark. And so I'm 19 years old. I got my M16 on automatic. I wasn't supposed to do that. But Brother Mac was scared. I was scared. <laughs> Amen. Man, uh, when, they, when they ambushed you, you, they ambushed you, they were right there and you were right here. And they had their weapon on automatic. What could you do about that? They ripped you apart. I was scared so bad. Amen. That when they set up that trap, it was Claymore Mines. It was in a, a triangle. Two on this side, two on this side, and one on this side in a triangle. And we put the trip wire right in the middle. So these brothers that did that, amen, after they fixed it up. And what I was supposed to, what my job was, was to guard the area why they did that. And so after they got done, we were supposed to go back to our perimeter. But we had to walk through the trap. We had to walk through the trap. This is Brother Mac, all scared, looking all, looking other somewhere else. And the guy was pointing at the trip wire. He said, step over the trip wire. He didn't say that. He just said that was a, that was a given fact. We was in a single file. And so when, it, when my turn to came to step over the tripwire, I was looking like this. Trip the tripwire. Tripped it. It should have blown me to smithereens. You got three Claymore mines coming in like that. It's supposed to disintegrate you. There were mines. Tell me. I knew that something was going on. It was a brother from Jamaica. Already had, I believe already had witness to me about the Lord. But my lifestyle, the works of my salvation, working and add all of that out, hadn't occurred as of yet. Amen. I was still using absurd words. Amen. But for some reason, that did not go on. I equated it back to what's going on right now with me. 
Amen. In the faith, in the Lord. Predetermination, calling my election. God knew. Amen. 40 years down the road that I would be saved. Amen. Something like that. It was 10 years down the road. That I would live for the Lord and would give my whole life to him. Amen. Walking faithfully for the, this is, this is not just, amen, me. Everybody has that same, we don't know what dangers, we don't know what, a, that there have been, that are unseen that could have easily taken you out, but because of God's mercy and because of God's grace, he spared you. Amen. He spared us. Amen. So he said, every good and perfect gift comes from God. All things work together for the good. Amen. We got saved one day. The good, amen, of you and the good of me. Working it out for the purpose of God. The word has blessed us. God's bestowal of these blessings are notable. The word translated heavenly speaks of the celestial realm. Amen. The heavenly places. Ephesians 6 and 12 says, we wrestle not against flesh but against principalities, right? Against rulers in the darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in high places. But God, because we're saved, we triumph over all spiritual evils and wickedness because of the sealing of the Holy Spirit on the inside. And we being child, children of God. Amen. The, the heavenly places, my God, they say, refers to the realm of God's complete domain. Amen. From which all blessings come. God's superabundant, amen, superabundant blessings belongs only, only to the believers and who are his children, amen, by faith in Christ. Amen. You can't become a child of God without faith. Faith comes by hearing and the hearing by the word of God. Amen. By grace, you've been saved through faith, and that's not of you. So that's an eternity type of thing. The eternal God did that for you. You didn't do nothing. Everything that happened in glory, amen, and here in Ephesians, you did not have anything to do with that. Nothing, absolutely nothing. You didn't say, could you send Sister Brenda up to heaven? You know, Sister Brenda gets to get up there, and when she gets up there, she said, Lord, I got a friend out here. I wonder if you could uh, remember him or remember her. I said, you see my husband, he ain't saved yet. Remember him. It don't work like that. It don't work like that. Nothing that we, as in and of ourselves, amen, that God looks at. But the only thing, reason why he does this for us is because it's his own will, your own good pleasure. Good pleasure. That's the only reason why he does these particulars. Amen, for us. Amen, the doctrine of election is here, my brothers and sisters. Verse four. Verse four says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and without blame before him in love. The universe created, amen, the universe was created too, and he chose us out of it. Amen. What a privilege it is in Christ, amen, to be a child of God today. Amen. I know where I came from. I know what I did. I know what I did out there. I should be in jail. I should be hung or electrocuted. Amen. I ain't going into any details. Amen. 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 
So before the universe was created, God chose you and me. Amen. Amen. He, the doctrine of election, uh, one brother said, is here. Amen. And throughout the Bible, we look at John 6, 44. It says, no one can come unto the Father, right? Unless the Father who sent me, Jesus said, draws him. He got to draw him in. And I will raise him up, Jesus said, in the last days. Check Jesus out in Second Corinthians 15, I think it's right around the 28th verse. Right in that area where he said, I, after Christ had done everything, died for our sins, rose again, did all these things for us. Amen. Jesus said, okay, after I've done all this, I've accumulated all these things, all these righteous things, amen, that I came to do. I'm going to put them at the feet of God, amen, and so he can be all in all. So he can be, he said, not even subjected God. He's talking about God. He's talking about all these other particulars here that he accomplished in his life. He gonna place all of them. This is the same thing we got. We got seven crowns that we can cast at Jesus' feet. I didn't, get, I didn't write them down. But I know we have seven crowns, amen, of life of worthiness, amen, that we can cast at Jesus' feet. And it's all said and done down here for us. We can cast that at Jesus' feet. Amen, we can walk. Don't, and is that not an encouragement? Amen, can we not be comforted in that? Amen. Can we not go on for the Lord? Amen. What, what is stopping you? Amen. God has done all of this. He got he has no stone unturned in regards to how we're supposed to live for God now. We ain't got no excuse. We can't use the doctrine that he left it for an excuse. He didn't hurt me. You get your choice, my brothers and sisters. God is just in what he's doing. Amen. He is just in what he's doing. God does not predestinate nobody to hell. Predestination, I'm getting to that. Amen. 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 That we, he wants us to be conformed to the image of his son, however. This is where I am. Conformed to the Im image of his son. Amen. He draws his, uh, and that he might be the firstborn of many brethren, right? John 15, 16a says, God, you did not choose God. Amen. He what? Chose you. Amen. He chose you. The lost sinner left to his own. Amen. Does not seek God. He does not seek you. Romans 3, 10, and 11, as it's written, it says, none, there's none righteous. No, not one. There's none who understands. There's none who seeks after God. Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Amen. You don't have anything to do that, do with that. Ephesians, the next chapter right there in 2 1 says that we all were dead in trespasses and sin. But God quickened us, resurrected us from that. How did that happen when we put our trust in Jesus? God resurrected us from a sin cursed life headed for hell. He raised you up from that. Amen. Ain't nothing you can do about that. Nothing. But look at it and gloat in it and praise God. Amen. That's all you can do. Amen. See, they said nobody understands. Jesus went to the cross. Amen. He died on the cross. Check this out. It's another doctrine of justification. Amen. The doctrine of uh, 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 imputed righteousness, if you will. When Jesus went to the cross, he didn't go on the cross just for himself. Amen. Christmas message said it. Jesus came into the world to die for the sins of the world, right? He grew up, 
And that's what he did. Out of obedience, he did that. So by Jesus going to the cross for who? Me and you. Did he have to do it? God said he sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. How could he do it? He had, he said, without the shedding of blood, there's no, what? Remission of sin. He shed in his blood. He did everything that he was supposed to do to redeem us back to God. We are God's masterpiece of, rec of creation. But by his own perfect will and his desire, he said he wanted to save some. Amen. You got some that is assigned to destruction. That's not predestination. Amen. Why? It's because they have given an opportunity and they did not take, uh, seize the opportunity to turn their lives over. Amen. Everybody, amen. Jesus said he, he's the light of the world and that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So everybody that's saved has some inclination that there's a God. Look at him in the context. Well, I think I know this is God. That's a little light you find in, like in Egypt. They made these gods. They said, that's a God. But they were in error. Amen. Amen. Until the fullness of time came. Amen. God sent forth his son. Amen. And when that, when that happened, amen, uh, these, these things, these, these, these folk that felt that, uh, the, that uh, they, these are ones that are assigned Amen. Uh, God, they, uh, God's, their conscience had become seared. When we read Romans 1, 18 to 32, their consciousness, consciousness been seared with a hot iron. Amen. Had a debate, uh, reprobate minds. It's because they exchanged the things about God. They made God to look like bugs and beasts and all of these other kind of things. And this was a conscious thing. We've been created in God. In, in the image of God, right? With emotion, with intellect, and will. Not free. Not free. Somebody say, I got free will. That's not preached in the Bible. You have a will, though. You can will to do a market pleasure. It's not no free will in that. That means that you are, you are not obligated or something like that. And they stand on that. On something that they said they don't have an obligation to. But yes, you do. You have an obligation to get that life right. Amen. With the Lord. And you cannot use the things down here, the, the perishable things down here, to call yourself getting right with God. And this is where that reprobate, conscious, seared type of thing comes. Because God gave you reason. And so when you hear that, when you hear a brother or sister come to you and tell you about Jesus, and you flat out deny all of that. Amen. You flat out and deny all of that. What else could God do? Turn you over. Turn you over. You want to be a homosexual. You want to change your, 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 your gender. Amen. You're a lesbian. You want to change your gender. You want to mess up the family. This, in this, 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 this particular message, the first part of this is talking about the source of God's family. And I'm giving you the source of how his family is supposed to be. Amen. This is a family that we're talking about. That's in eternity past and how God wants it to be right now. Amen. Going on just, I'm going to try to get done with this. Amen. Amen. Like I said, the sinner left, left to his own ways. He does not seek God. There's nothing in him. Amen. That we can seek God because he, he's a walking dead person. Amen. So the Bible that teaches sovereign election also teaches as well responsibility. Amen. Therefore, no one can use the doctrine, as, as I said earlier, 
as an excuse for not being saved. God makes a bonafide, amen, a bonafide invitation of salvation. John 3, 16, amen, Romans 10 and 9, confess your sin, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus, God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be what? Saved. Because the imputed righteousness, that's what I meant. That's what I broke it off and went into something else. When Jesus went on the cross and he died, he took your sins and mine and gave you his righteousness. So you can stand before who? An angry God. An angry God. Amen. When he comes to look, if he doesn't see in, in, in the great, on the great white, guess who the angry God is? Jesus. Jesus is, is, is uh, at the judgment seat of Christ for the believers, and Jesus is at the great white throne for unbelievers. So when you stand before him at the great white throne judgment and not knowing who Jesus is, Jesus said, well, I don't see me in your heart. Right? Amen. He probably had one angel, and it took like a, what, how many, one angel killed 100, uh, uh, what, 185,000? It don't take, well, it, all it takes is one angel to throw you in here. Amen. You can go kicking and screaming all you want. You're not getting away because you're in, it's all said and done in eternity. So perfect righteousness places. You understand what I'm talking about in, in, in regards to imputed righteousness. Your righteousness, Isaiah 50, 65 says, is filthy rags. You can't stand before God with your righteousness. You got to have the righteousness of, of, of imputed righteousness of Christ because you didn't have it on your own. Amen. This righteousness, amen, gets you into glory. Amen. So a perfect righteousness places believer in a holy and blameless position before God. Once again, MacArthur, amen. <laughs> amen. And Ephesians 5, 27 says that he might present her or the church to himself, a glorious church, right? Not having spot nor what? Wrinkle or any such thing that should be, that, that, that she should be holy. She should be holy and without blemish. Amen. Verse 5. Verse 5. Amen. In loving, in loving, it says, predestinated us to adoption as sons by Jesus to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. This is where I wanted to go. I was saying that uh, predestination, you can't say that God predestinated me to hell. But there's no, there's no word that that is taught in the Bible because it only pertains to God's people. Not unsaved people. It doesn't, Predestinated, he don't predeterminate, he doesn't determine, no predetermine anybody to go to hell. He only predetermines those of us that are saved to go to heaven. Now, Dr. Worsby says, foreordained, amen. Okay, let me put it like this. He says here, the meaning or ordained is the meaning of predestination pertains to God's people. The meaning to ordain or beforehand, meaning to ordain. Beforehand, election refers to people and predestination. Election refers to people and predestination refers to the purpose. Amen. Election refers to unsaved people. Amen. And predestination refers to the purpose of predestination. God has a, according to his purpose for you. That's the predestination in advance. You see his purpose in you. Ordain emphasizes a final goal which he cho chose us or ordain emphasizes the final goal for which he chose us the adoption of children the word literally means son placing adoption son placing you get into his family 
You don't get into his family by, amen, uh, just being adopted. Now, I'm quite sure on Zoom, we might have a family, the, the family here at our church, amen, that has adopted some, amen. And what that adoption is, amen, maybe I could call it out, sister and brother Politeer, amen. They adopted some of their children, right? Amen. That adoption, they treating those children just as if they were their what? Biological children. Amen. In a sense, this is the same way that God's, God does it. Amen. He's saying here that is uh, giving a child uh, 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 standings as an adult child in a family. The basis on which God chose for us and ordained us to, to uh, the basis on which God chose chose us and ordained us, foreordained us, amen, to privilege of sonship is good is because of the good pleasure of his will. Now he did say that uh, adoption has a dual meaning here. It has a dual meaning, both present and future. You don't get into heaven by God adopting you. Amen. You get into heaven by regeneration. Men, men and women get into heaven by regeneration. And the example of that was in John, the third chapter, when Nicodemus came to the Lord. And he gave everything. He said, you're a man sent from heaven and all of that. And before he can go any further, Jesus said, you must be born again. <laughs> Amen. You must be born again. How can this be? I cannot go back into my mother's womb and all of that. And Jesus said, well, wait a minute. Titus 3 and 5 said that we have to be regenerated with the water and the washing of the spirit. Amen. We have to be regenerated because we are degenerate. We are degenerate. Amen. Filled with degradation. That's who we are. Amen. We deserve to die. But God. But God. Amen. So the basis which he chose us and foreordained us is to uh, the privilege of sonship, of sonship. And it's the good pleasure why he does it. Nothing any of ourselves that does it. But because of his will, because of his good pleasure, he does that for us. It's any, it, it wasn't anything, like I said, he simply willed to extend grace to us. Amen. In the last verse, he says, to the praise of his glory, of his grace by which he made us accepted in the blood. Now, what if I went all the way to verse 14? Y'all gonna have to get a bit up here. Amen. And let me lie down. And try to get that. It's because I felt like I went around my subdivision about three times. And one time around is three miles. <laughs> yes, sir. Amen. So he says here, uh, to the praise of his glory grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In the beloved. In the beloved, the ultimate aim throughout the divine plan of redemption, my brothers and sisters, is that the recognition of God's merciful dealings with his people. Amen. And all of this should invoke some kind of ultimate praise from us. He says there is no way that we can make ourselves acceptable to God. Amen. But by his grace and unmerited, which is his unmerited favor, in Ephesians 2 and 8, amen, where it says, by grace you've been saved, and that not of itself makes us accepted in Christ, right? Amen. This is our eternal position through the beloved Christ Jesus. 
He has always been the Father's beloved. How do we know that? We see him at his baptism. Amen. After John said, baptized means in no, no, no. You got to fulfill all, uh, all righteousness. And so, uh, amen. Amen. Heavens opened up. The Spirit came down. The Trinity was right there. Jesus in the water. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a, of a dove. And the heavens opened. And God the Father said, this is my beloved. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Amen. Matthew 17, 5. This is another area. And 2 Peter, amen, I believe uh, supports this. Amen. I, I think it was the second chapter of 2 Peter, but Matthew 17, 5. Amen. When he took the inner circle, Peter, James, and John up unto the mountain of what? Transfiguration. Jesus opened himself up in the Shekinah glory. Amen. And in that, in that, it showed Moses and Elijah. And one, one, uh, uh, I, I read, I read up on that. Moses and Elijah. He said, "God is the God." By seeing Moses and Elijah by the apostles, and Moses and Elijah, he said, uh, "God is the God is the God of the living, and not the dead." That was a brief synopsis of how it's going to be for who, me and you, me and you. We're going to be living in glory. Because when he opened up his flesh, it was in the glory of heaven opened up. And a voice came from heaven because Peter said, Lord, we want to build three tabernacles. And the voice said, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Hear ye him. Amen. So, amen. That bright light and the voice coming out, amen. Amen. It got Peter, who's always rambunctious, rambunctious, always want to be the first to say something. His feet, his foot is always in his mouth all the time. Amen. He's always ready to say something. And sometimes he's way out of line. Amen. Amen. So he said, hear ye him. Amen. So, and, and amen. The father, he says here that the father chose us. This is the end. This comes to a close. Amen. The Father has chosen us to be in his family. Amen. And partaking of the same love and privileges of Jesus. Amen. We are co-heirs and adopted sons. Co-heirs. We have all the rights. Amen. Look at all the blessings that we have in glory that God has bestowed upon us. And he's in this synopsis of how the church is in the eternity past. We are working it out and manifesting it out in right here in, in, in the present, but in eternity future, it's going to be just like it is, like it is supposed to be in eternity past. Amen. We all lift it to the Lord with me. And righteous Father God, I just want to say thank you in this another day that you've made. Thank you for this word, Lord. Father God, thank you for the parishioners here, Father God. Father God, I hope nothing fell on dull ears. Father God, if there's souls, Father God, that hungry and thirsty and after righteousness. Father God, I pray that they've been fed. You said your word will not go out, Father God, and not return void. I feel that I've given your word. I feel I articulated uh, with the, uh, the personality of an elder man. But nonetheless, Father God, I just ask, Father God, on that note, that you are moving somebody's heart, Father God, who are struggling heavy, Father, with life. Struggling with security in the Lord. Eternal security. 
struggling with that. Don't know if they're going to heaven or not. Stuff like that, Father God. I just ask, Father God, that you move in their, in their lives in a very, very special way. So they can know that, Father God, it was you, Father God, by grace that saved them through faith. And that not of themselves. That's a supernatural calling, Father God. And it's all in the word. And it's for us today. And Father God, let that be uh, uh, real. Father God, you're more real than what anything that anything that we could see. You is just mind-boggling, Father God, to know that you're the creator of the, of the universe. And Father God, you look at a little old piece of speck like me in this universe and call me out of the darkness of it, out of the darkness of sin into your marvelous light, giving me glory. And I'm asking this, Father God, for souls, Father God, that they would come and understand this on Zoom in this church, wherever they may be. Use each man, woman, boy, and girl, Father God, that hear this, that has heard this particular message by the sound of my voice, that you will move in a special, special way in their lives, that they may come to know who Jesus is. And that, hey, Father God, if they want to be in this church, whatever church, as long as they're in a church, and this is what they become when they confess that Jesus Christ suffered and believed that in their heart, they shall be saved. This is plain and simple, Father God. And we just ask that uh, Satan or, or the flesh, and nothing in this world will hinder that, and that you will move in these areas in their lives, Father God, so they can be that called out vessel, Father God, that called out instrument, that representative, Father God of Jesus Christ. This I pray and say thank you, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name. Because if I can help somebody, amen, my living won't be in vain. In Jesus' name, amen.